biggest responsibility that I feel like I have in my role is what we're doing today in 2021, how does it affect the future? The biggest thing that motivates me right now at this stage of my career is I want to be a small part of bringing a world championship to the state of Minnesota. And I know it's cliche, but our fans are incredible. Yo, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 107 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network. Today, we have Vikings.com's Tatum Everett. We got Vikings.com's Chris Corso. It is a pleasure to bring in Viking staff writer Lindsey Young. And of course, producer Jay Nelson is on the ones and twos in the back. So got a big crew today and got a big guest today also. I'm talking about the guru behind the Minnesota Vikings salary cap, executive vice president of football operations, Rob Brzezinski. Uh, it's not often we get to talk to him, so hopefully we make the most of his time today, but I'm, I'm excited for that interview. But before we get to all of that, we just had our first official game of the year. It was a preseason game. Fans were back at U.S. Bank Stadium. We got to see the, the skull chant lively back in action, but more importantly, we came out with an injury-free preseason game from our starters because none of those guys played. So I think that was the positive of that. But looking back at that 33-6 to loss to the Denver Broncos this past Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium, Tatum, any any initial takeaways? I know, you know, there's not a lot to talk about other than, you know, the starters didn't play. But outside of that, what were some things that stood out to you? Right. I've got two things that stood out to me the most. First of all, it's more or less what's happened since the game. I thought after Saturday's performance, the practices this week have been more energy, more focus. Um, they've just seemed to have you know, I guess refocused on what's important and what they need to work on as far as heading into this preseason game um, this Saturday. Uh, My second thought is that, um, you know, really what I loved about it is that there were so many young guys or newer guys, maybe not the starters, as you mentioned, getting those reps. Andre Patterson talked about it this week. It was great to see a lot of his depth pieces on the defense go up against the Broncos' ones, um, some of their twos as well. So they were able to evaluate you know, places they need to get better, but also getting those game reps against guys they would see on an actual game day. Yeah, those game reps are, are key. And to your point of practice, the the intensity ramping up this week, you, you saw a lot of those first-year guys and a lot of those rookies. I'll, I'll just say Kellen Mond in particular. Yep. Uh, his game just, just – he took his game to another level. And I think that game action uh, this past Saturday helped out immensely with that, you know, ramping up period because – You really don't. I mean, it's been tagging off in practice pretty much every day since May 15th. So the fact that they actually got live game action, it it was fun to see those guys just run around. I'm sure this upcoming Saturday against the Indianapolis Colts at 7 p.m., we will see more starters play. But also when the when the backups and some of those rookies get in, you'll see those guys take another step in in the elevation of their game. Right, Corso? Yeah, Gabe, I totally agree. I mean, it was a downer to see that list of 31 players that weren't able to dress for that game. I'm just ready to see some football. I'm ready to see our starters out there. I know Michael Pierce talked to the media this week and said, I'm going to be out there next week. That's for sure. I, I think he's <laughs> he's probably the, the player that's most raring to get out on the field after taking last year. I'm, I'm just really excited to see our starters next week. Like you said, it's a huge positive that there were no injuries in this game. And you see that play out of Kellen Mond, like you said, after only having three practices before that game, 
it's pretty amazing what he was able to do out on the field. And I really liked what I saw from a guy on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the defense didn't play so well. I'm just trying to uh, bring up some positives here. But Chris Boyd really <laughs> yeah. played well in this game. He made a big-time play, a pass deflection in the red zone, um, in the end zone on third down. I really liked what I saw from him as I think he might be a key contributor to this Vikings defense this year. Hey, Lindsay, you just wrote a story about Brian O'Neill sharing mutual interest for Von Miller. Of course, last week Von Miller said uh, Brian O'Neill is the best right tackle in the game. Brian O'Neill didn't play last Saturday, but he's going to get the opportunity to play this week. Talk about their article a little bit. How do you think Von Miller helped elevate Brian O'Neill's play heading into preseason game number two? Yeah, that was really fun just watching the two of them go up to, against each other in joint practices. Um, Brian O'Neill really held his own in the one-on-one pass rush drills against Von Miller. Um, and obviously, Von Miller has a lot more experience in the game. He's he's older than than Brian, and so for him to pay that sort of compliment, I think, to Brian was was really great to see. Um, and of course, kind of, I, I want to say like most offensive linemen, Brian isn't really one to seek out the spotlight, but he really shared that mutual respect um, and I think when he was asked about that compliment during his his podium session, he said something along the lines of, you know, that's a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> and so to have that type of respect and that type of feedback for his game is incredible. But how can you not get better going against someone like that who's been in the league for such a long time, um, you know, who's kept his his game level up high. Um, and so I think for Brian to be able to go against Vaughn in those two practices, even though, like you mentioned, he didn't play in the game on Saturday, um, you know, that's a huge advantage to get that in the preseason, especially during practices where you're going hard against one another, but there's a much lower risk of injuries than in the game. So the fact that he was able to get that, um, even though he didn't play in the preseason game, is super valuable. Oh, for sure. Extremely valuable. And talking about um, a pro bowler, I I think Mike Zimmer wants all of his players to be pro bowlers in the preseason. And of course, he's not going to get that. And he expressed that disdain uh, this past Saturday after a 33-6 whopping to the Denver Broncos. A lot of holding penalties, um, a lot of uh, offsides on the defense. Not not the not the cleanest game. So overall, Mike was not happy, um, but the show goes on. Yeah, and as frustrated as he was after the game, or really during the game, let's be honest, uh, on Saturday, he came back on Monday and he was very um, complimentary of the way the team responded in practice. Um you know, that scrimmage is still kind of, you know, out there for those guys to have. I think he said it should happen on Wednesday. So maybe we'll see a little bit more of how, you know, Zimmer planned on making the pairs kind of respond to Saturday yeah. is the best way I could put it. But um, but yeah, he he said, you know, every like I mentioned earlier, they're practicing better. They are uh, they, they know what's at stake. And I think, you know, that kind of a game getting that out of your system right now is probably for the better. Everyone gets to improvement. You know where you stand. It's a good barometer. And then you move on. So I think just being a coach and being frustrated at not things not going your way is just a natural reaction. Yeah, and Corso, I mean, it, we hate to hear our head coach say things like that, but man, has he been candid this offseason with, with the media and with everyone? And I think that is not just a message to the media, but it's also a message to his players that, hey, we got we to step our game up. And I know this is the preseason, but we have to treat this like a real game. Roster cuts are coming up here soon. I mean, we, we already made a roster cut uh, this past Tuesday, uh, getting the, the roster down to 85. 
Yeah, I think it's motivation if you're a player on this team trying to get one of those 53 spots, especially some of the younger players that got to really get a ton of reps in that game on Sunday. But if I'm hearing that from my head coach, I'm I'm coming in an hour earlier. I'm doing the extra uh, lifts in the weight room. I'm, I'm whatever it might be in the meeting rooms. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. That would get me fired up. He does not tolerate that being put out on the field, especially from the offensive line and the defensive backs in this game. There were too many mistakes. It, it's just something that has to be tied up. We'll, we'll hopefully see the offensive line come together and play better next week. And certainly some of those younger defensive backs are looking at the tape with Andre Patterson, and he's <laughs> definitely laying into them about what happened on that 80-yard touchdown to K.J. Hamler. Yeah, for sure, and um, it's only going to get tighter now as far as guys having less room to make errors because cuts are already being made. There are going to be more cuts made, and speaking of those cuts, it was cut down to an 85-man roster that is required by the NFL, so uh, a few details on that. Um, over the weekend, long snapper Turner Bernard and defensive end Jordan Broford were let go. So I'm thinking Andrew DePaola is going to, you know, win that starting long snapper job. Also, kicker Riley Patterson and receiver Blake Prohl were placed on the wave slash injured list. So Patterson started the preseason on the pup list. Prohl seems to have a serious injury uh, that occurred this past Wednesday. So we'll see how that shakes out. But this past Tuesday, cornerback Mari Henderson was released by the team, completing the 85-man roster cutdown. So we got one more cut. Um, coming up next week, and that is August the 24th, and the roster must be cut down to 80 players, and then the final 53-man roster and practice squad must be set by August 31st. So a couple of deadlines for you guys to look forward to and, and see how things will play out. But, Lindsay, I, I got I to gotta go to you here. You have always done great work uh, here with the Minnesota Vikings since you got here in 2015, and one of my favorite articles that I have read um, – since I've been here was the 33 for 33 article and video on Dalvin Cook. Um, such a timely article. I feel like only you would be aware of how the numbers would play and, and find a, a great article and get some great quotes out of Dalvin. So for, for Vikings fans who have not seen that, uh, that's on Vikings.com. But if they're listening before they saw it, what stands out to you? when it came to writing that article. Yeah, thank you so much, Gabe. Um, first of all, though, I should give a shout-out to Craig Peters because he was the one who noticed the the 33 touch, rushing touchdowns in the regular season that he has so far in the matchup with his jersey number, so it just seemed like a perfect fit, and I had already been wanting to do something like this with Delvin where he could review the touchdowns that he has thus far in his career. We did something kind of similar with Daniil Hunter and his sacks when he, when he hit 50, I loved being able to collaborate with um, other people in VEN, with with Nate Vaughn and Alex Miller, and kind of put together a, a collaboration with the video, the written article, and of course, you know, all the credit has to go to Delvin, right? Like he is so incredible to talk to, to hang out with. He's very, very candid in just responding to the different plays that he's had. When we went into that, we weren't really sure what amount of time he would have to sit down. So we weren't really sure if we would have to, you know, have him kind of pick his top favorites or just zoom through them really quick. Um, and he was so relaxed, down to earth, just really enjoyed hanging out with us and providing commentary on each and every one of those 33 scores. Um, it was fun to see which ones did stand out to him more or which ones he kind of had some extra memories or extra feelings towards. You know, he commented 
that his most meaningful touchdown was the one against Miami, uh, his first touchdown back after rehabbing that torn ACL and just what that meant to him. He talked about how fun it is to go against Bobby Wagner whenever we play Seattle and just the mutual respect again that those two have for each other. Um, And so I love just kind of watching him candidly have these reactions to scores throughout his career. It was really fun. Um, it was really organic. And I love how how Nate and Alex put that video together as well for viewers. So if anybody hasn't seen it or read it yet, it's still very much relevant um, before we head into the regular season. So definitely encourage you guys to check that out. Yeah, Lindsay, it's been one of my favorite things, just like Gabe mentioned, to see. And I know when you're in like the creative process of it all, um, being more of a writer and having to work on the video side of things. Um, how how do you think the vision came together for you? And, and was it better than you kind of expected it to be? Because obviously Dalvin, as you mentioned, makes it just because of his personality. But coming from your <laughs> side where you have like more of a written background to see it, you know, paired up with video, what was that like for you? Yeah. So I, like you mentioned, Tatum, I knew that Delvin would be great. So that wasn't a concern, but it was like, what is this all going to look like when it comes together? Because you can only do so much through a written story with a piece like this. And so I love doing the written story, but I knew that the video component would add so much. And so we kind of went through where will we have this video happen? You know, do we have them sit in the running backs meeting room and like watch film up on the screen? Like we kind of walked through different, different ways. And it was Nate's idea to do the video in the team meeting room, which is auditorium kind of theater style for people who aren't familiar with that, kind of turn down the lights, make it feel a little bit more theatrical, which is really great. And the interesting challenge to this that actually turned out really, really cool is because when we filmed this based on the COVID protocols and the different tier systems and things like that, I could not personally be in the meeting room with Delvin. And so we kind of had to jump through those hoops and figure out how to set it up. Um, But Nate and, and Nick Miller with the video team, they were able to set something up where essentially I was on Zoom and I could see what Delvin was watching and I could also see Delvin. And so what what Nate and Alex did where they had a camera set up directly by the computer that I was on, um, I love how that turned out where when Delvin is turning and answering a question or speaking to me on the computer, it really feels like as a viewer that he's talking to you. So that was probably my favorite thing of how it came together and it absolutely was better than I even anticipated. What was your favorite reaction, Lindsay? What like what moment was your favorite reaction from Dalvin? So he's watching the broadcast version and it pans over to at the time Lions head coach Matt Patricia, who just looks beyond frustrated. And Dalvin is just cracking up and he's saying, Look at the coach, look at the coach. And that was funny to me, not necessarily that he was poking fun at someone else, but just to see that genuine laughter and reaction that he had watching the broadcast version of the game versus versus the All-22 um, cut-up. So that was definitely my favorite. I'm glad that we included that in the video. Awesome. Well, you have another article that's on Vikings.com right now, and it's, enti- it's titled, Examining the Relationship with Cornerback Pat Peterson and His Secondary Coach Carl Scott and Why They Work Well Together. How did that come together for you? Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think as most people know, a lot of the the coaches and, and different players this year have been having their kind of time at the podium during training camp. And so um, Coach Scott had talked to the media and answered some questions just about, you know, his first offseason here with Minnesota and how that's been going. And he had some questions about working with Patrick Peterson. And I really enjoyed listening to that. And, you know, the wheels were kind of turning for me because I was like, um, 
I believe Coach Scott is is 35 and Pat P is 31. So they're only four years apart, but they're obviously a coach-player relationship. And with Patrick Peterson coming to Minnesota, obviously having a resume that speaks for itself, um, 10 seasons in Arizona and eight Pro Bowls, you know, a guy like that coming in might not feel like he needs a lot of coaching or a lot of extra direction, especially maybe from a from a, a DB's coach who's coming from the college realm into the NFL, but hearing the two of them talk about what they've been able to learn from each other and how much they appreciate each other and and the experience that they each bring was super great. And I know that we've also heard Coach Zimmer talk about um, Patrick and just the way that he is coming into this change of scenery really open to however anybody can help him grow his game. And so I think it's really special when you see a player – um, that's that established in the league who embraces a new opportunity and doesn't feel like he's reached his ceiling. So that's exciting to see. And I'm, you know, pumped to see how that plays out this season. Lindsay, I think one of the best things about reading your articles that I've learned on Vikings.com is just your ability to find the human element in everything. And I've loved reading those articles. If you haven't read them, make sure you go check them out on Vikings.com. Are you working on anything right now that you want um, fans to know about? Yeah, we have a couple fun things coming up. We have a couple features coming out later this week, a fun story with Eric Kendricks. I won't go into too much detail with that, but definitely hope that fans keep an eye out for that one. It's, um, I think anytime we do something with Eric, it's fun. We're also working on bringing back purple pups this nice. year. You yes. guys know, you guys know that I love me some purple pups, um, and hopefully have that in person this year. And so, um, I have we, a dog, Lindsay. See, <laughs> we need to do like a VEN purple pups. We really do. Mm-hmm. We should have a VEN purple pups at the very least a VEN uh, purple pups meetup. We all know I'm getting a puppy in the spring. We'll save that for another time. Um, but no, I, I'm just excited to continue doing, you know, Tatum, like you said, I have a, I have a big passion for storytelling and just kind of bringing that human out element into stories, excuse me. So I'm excited to see what comes up this year on that side of things. Well, Lindsay, we're, we're going to keep you on because we got Rob Brzezinski. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of questions about numbers and now you can add some of that personality to it. So without further ado, we bring in the executive vice president of football operations, Rob Brzezinski. All right. Now joining the Minnesota Vikings podcast, we got Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Rob Brzezinski, the guy all behind the numbers here for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Rob, a, a lot of people know your name, but it seems like a, a lot of people typically don't know how talented you and your crew are. So a, a quick backstory. Rick always gives you the praise for being, you know, one of the the guys who figures everything out. Like, how do we get this done? Oh, well, you got to ask Rob. For you, what is what is your comeback for that? You know, Gabe, it's 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 first of all, thank you for the nice compliments. We have a lot of really really great people, you know, that work on our football staff, both in operations and in administration. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, Rick is good and gracious, giving out you know compliments and kudos, you know, to everybody. But it really the key is him and his leadership and, and the communication that we have, you know, as a group. Um, everybody knows their role. Everybody works very well together. Um, we communicate openly. Um, you know, constructively challenge each other, um, and I think that gives us the best chance to be successful. Rob, you've been doing this for twenty nine years, twenty three with the Vikings. 
what kind of brings you to work every day, makes you motivated to do your job? Obviously, you've proven you're good at it with all the years of experience. What What is like the main thing that makes you motivated to work every day for the Vikings? Chris, that's a great question. And honestly, I mean, I, I love the people that I work with. Uh, I love working in the NFL. Um, but the biggest thing that motivates me right now at this stage of my career is I want to be a small part of bringing a world championship to the state of Minnesota, Vikings fans everywhere. Um, and um, not only our fans, but, you know, I think of, you know, the, the Bud Grants of the world and, and um, the people we lost, you know, like Sid Hartman and, you know, Fred Zamberletti, um, you know, so many people, you know, that um, wanted to see that happen, you know, Scott Studwell, who just recently retired, you know, I want to, I want to see it happen for those people and for our fans. And, and I know it's cliche, but our fans are incredible. We see it at home. We see it on the road. We see it all over the, all over the country, all over the world. And um, that's really what motivates me. Rob, as the executive vice president of football operations, a lot of things fall under your job title, the draft, free agency, negotiations, contracts. It's really an important role here within the Minnesota Vikings. So if you could, you know, get us into the weeds a little bit and dive into this this word that we always use when it comes to your job title, salary cap. What exactly is that and how is it determined every year? Well, first of all, um, you know, my position, Rick's in charge of the draft and all personnel and ultimately all the football. Um, and so it's really, um, a, a football is kind of like a three-legged stool. You know, you have Rick overseeing everything and, and, and predominantly, you know, the personnel and all the operations, Zim obviously as the head coach. Um, and then my role is, is really overseeing, you know, the business side of football. And, um, so that's, that's the salary cap. It's compliance. It's, it's, uh, managing all our, you know, football departments. Um, but you know, the salary cap is, a, is, is, is just, you know, it's, it's just a budget and it's determined by, you know, all the, uh, the revenues, you know, generated by the league. Um, and so um, it really exists for a competitive balance, you know, back in 1993, the modern collective bargaining agreement, um, the players fought for free agency. And that was the first time um, you remember Reggie white and, and all that deal in 1994, that was a big deal. The owners agreed to that in exchange for a salary cap to have competitive balance and, um, and a level playing field. And so all that being said, it's really, uh, it's like a home budget. We know what we have to spend and we have to, uh, we have to uh, allocate it, you know, to try to put the best team on the field as possible. So just speaking of, you know, the salary cap and everything that you've done in your 29 seasons in the NFL and 23 here with the Vikings, how challenging was this year compared to other years where the salary cap was unprecedented? We, we've never seen it, you know, go down this much. It's usually going up. Great question. I mean, the, the, the biggest responsibility that I feel like I have in my role is when we're figuring out the best team to put on the field uh, competitively is what we're doing today in 2021, how does it affect the future? So every move, you know, what's, what's the impact on, on 22 and 23? Well, when we got into COVID um, and, and we were projecting the roster back before 2020, the cap was about $30 million less than we projected it to be, you know, pre-COVID. So that was a big challenge. Um, you know, long story short, you know, it's, it's, there are things you can do, um, you know, with the cap, it's really not 
you know, rocket science. But the reason why we're able to do what we do uh, consistently is because of our owners and their commitment um, to provide us all the resources that we need um, in order to put the best team on the field. And they've consistently done that. Um, even in the hardest and most difficult of economic times, like we've just been through, um, and, uh, not getting too much in the weeds, but, you know, cash is King and, and, uh, what they provide and what the business, uh, folks do bringing in revenue. Um, and, um, so we can spend it, it all goes hand in hand, but that's, that's really the key. Hey, Rob, I'm going to jump in and ask you a quick question that's a little bit more personality driven, maybe a little bit um, away from from the the work scene. But my question for you, first of all, I love that I get to join the podcast with you today. Um, and I just want to share with everybody, too. I mean, since I started in December 2015, Rob has just been awesome. Um, Rob, I feel like you're somebody where, you know, whether it's uh, Rick or someone who works in the cafeteria or someone on the VEN team, myself, like you're always just willing to stop and chat and say hi, you know who everybody is in the building, um, despite the fact that you have so much going on and that you are, you know, quote unquote, an important person in this building. I guess I'm just curious as far as your character, kind of where that um, mindset, that humility comes from, if that's something that you learned, you know, from from your family, from your parents or just what it is that you really relate so well to everybody in the building. And we can tell that that's important to you. Lindsay, first of all, that's really nice for you of you to say that. And um, that's just you being you. You know, you're 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 amazing. I always tell you that. Um I I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I just first of all, I like to have fun, right? So um, um one thing that people don't know about me very well, unless you're close to me and work here, is I'm pretty immature. I don't I really don't want to grow up. You know, I like to we we kind of have a motto here. Obviously, we work hard, we like to play hard, we like to have fun and you know, I just, I see how hard everybody works in, in, in one of the biggest thing that we want everybody in our organization to understand is how everybody in their role has an impact on our team being successful on the field. And, um, you know, we just, we have, you know, it's life is all about people. And, and I think we have really good people that work in our organization and we all get along well and enjoy being together and, <laughs> I think that's a product of the uh, of the Wilfs and, and, and the family that they've created here with the Vikings. And um, I, I don't know. I just I just really enjoy all of my colleagues and um, appreciate everybody. And I love that balance. I feel like for anybody who's listening, I mean, obviously you're very tuned into your job. You're excellent at your job, but like you mentioned, you like to have fun as well. And I, I would, I think everybody on this call would believe who's been here for a little while that that Rob has had some of the best Halloween costumes <laughs> to date. There have been some good ones, so I just want to throw that out there as well. Okay, wait a second. We got to hear what's the best one then. Well, I, I was on a roll for a couple of years. One year I was Rick, which was really easy. You know, I, did, I, 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 I came in with, uh, with, 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 with a shirt and I spilled stuff all over me. That's uh, Rick's, Rick's daily occurrence. Coffee is always flying around. One year I was Zim. My favorite year was, I think I was Linville Joseph. Yep. You know, when, I remember uh, that. <laughs> after that Philadelphia game, when, um, um, <laughs> when he uh, put that mask on, you know, and I got a picture um of, of he and I together. I actually, on the day of Halloween, I went into, uh, into the locker room and I sat in his seat, all dressed as Linville Joseph. I mean, I was all dressed up and, <laughs> and had the mask on and everything. And, uh, 
he walked in and looked at me and was like, what the? but I got the best picture. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Rob, you're, you have such a charismatic personality. Obviously, we've we've talked about the humility and the fun side of things, but your job is a lot of tough decisions, tough conversations. How do you manage to keep like a lighthearted feel about you despite having these very important conversations with players or agents and things like that? Well, you know, I think I think no matter what, you know, you're always trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes who you're dealing with in 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 understanding their issues and and what's important to them. Um, you know, constructively, you know, uh, communicating, you know, differences, um, you never make it personal. You know, that's a hard thing to do, you know, sometimes really in, in difficult, you know, decision-making or, or, or negotiations. Um, but that's, you know, that's really how I, how I try to operate. I have to double down on what Lindsay said. I was lucky enough to have the kitchen office in Winter Park <laughs> in that closet. I think you remember that, Rob, but I think the favorite part of that was being able to walk out and get my coffee and see somebody like you uh, using the Keurig and, and have a conversation. That was certainly one of the best uh, beginnings to my career with the Vikings. But I have to ask you about the Twitter sensation that you have become. Whenever... <laughs> Whenever there's a big negotiation, like a roster move or whatever it might be, Adam Thielen gets an extension, Dalvin Cook gets an extension, the Vikings have found a way to get you involved with a little, whether it's an emoji or whatever it might be, of the sunglasses going down on your headshot. I want to know if you're aware of that and what you think about that whole situation. And Chris, one one thing about that uh, office, um, cafeteria office you have, I remember the first one of the very first weeks or time you were here, your mom was here and yes. I remember meeting your mom in the cafeteria. That, that was really cool. And how proud of you, um, you know, she was, um, and just, just the obvious relationship that you two have was, was pretty awesome. The fact that you remember that, that just says it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I think, you know, Vikings, I mean, these are, our, our people are so talented. It's, um, you know, it's, 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 I'm always watching. So it's fun to see the different things that go on through Twitter. And, and um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, 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 it's fun. Um, we have so many talented people and, um, but again, it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, I might get, you know, the, the notoriety or, or whatever, but it, there, there's, there's so many people that, yeah. They contribute, you know, and um, that 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 don't get recognized. Yeah, I know we gotta get out of here soon. Jay just sent a, uh, I guess we got a two minute warning now, um, but I gotta ask you. You talked about some of the highs. You talked about some of the lows. But what are some break? Do you have like any breakthrough stories that you can share with us? That hey, like we didn't think this was going to happen, but now this guy turned out to be this guy, and, and I guess that that comes with some of the, some of the successes of the job, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I can just say in general, Gabe, you know, when we, when we plan the roster, you know, every year we put a plan in place, um, you know, how uh, we want to get better um, in the off season and free agency in the draft, it, it never goes as planned. I mean, I, right. I could give so many examples of, you know, of, of players that you want to target, you, you, you want to acquire, you know, and, 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 and bring in and you can't always make it happen. And so when you can, it's really rewarding and, and it's a lot of fun. And, and, you know, over the years, I can think of players like, you know, Jared Allen, Steve Hutchinson, uh, Antoine Winfield, uh, Pat Williams. I mean, I could go, I could go on forever. Um, but, um, you know, obviously, you know, those, those 
those those players that you're able to target and acquire and bring in and and they're great people and they have an impact uh, uh, positively on our organization. You know, that's that's really rewarding. Awesome. Well, Rob, always a pleasure talking to you. We know this doesn't happen much. So thank you for your time today. Um, I'm sure Minnesota Vikings fans are looking forward to seeing what the future holds and seeing how you play a valuable part in being that piece to the big puzzle of the Minnesota Vikings. So thank you again. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Skull. Good to see you guys. Skull. Of course, so your mom got a huge shout out, and Jeez. I know you know uh, Rob Brzezinski pretty well, but I'm glad Minnesota Vikings fans got an opportunity to get to know him a little better also. There's not that many people around the building that can make me blush, <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think Rob got me there. I was amazed that he remembered that moment. That was like right when I started with the Vikings as a recent college graduate, so... Uh, and it meant the world to me that he took the time to introduce himself to he's a he's just a family guy. And mm. it doesn't matter if he knows you for a day or for a couple years or whatever it might be. He's one of the most friendly people in the building and obviously very good at his job. So, uh, guys, I know I think we all enjoyed that conversation, but yeah. uh, I, I could talk to Rob for hours, whether it's with a beer or whether it's on this podcast. So uh, one of the <laughs> best guys in, in the NFL, that's for sure. Yeah. And just, I mean, to the point of him understanding how to have that work-life balance, uh, I think that's a lesson for all of us. If a guy in that position who deals with numbers and egos all day, for him to find a, a way to take uh, some time off to be himself, I think that's a, that's a lesson for all of us. But moving on, we got the Indianapolis Colts this upcoming Saturday, 7 p.m., U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, probably the biggest dress rehearsal all year. Um, what I'm most looking forward to, I'll start off with what I'm most looking forward to. I'm just looking forward to seeing those guys gel together, especially the defensive side of the ball, but more importantly, everyone coming out injury-free. Uh, Lindsay, what are you most looking forward to? Yeah, I think like you mentioned, Gabe, I'm really excited to see the starters play. I know Coach Zimmer hasn't specified if everyone will play, but it definitely sounds like based off of what Michael Pierce said and Delvin Tomlinson said that, you know, we can expect to see some of those guys playing. So I'm excited to see kind of the the real thing, if you will, um, at least for a portion of the game. And then I'm also excited to see when some of those reserves play, kind of how they bounce back and respond to um, the performance last week. I think um, Tatum had mentioned that that Coach Andre Patterson spoke this week, and one of the things that stuck out to to me from him, just kind of as a reminder, um, not necessarily an excuse for mistakes that were made, but the fact that some of these players, it was really their first NFL game. There's a there's kind of a deer in the headlights type of response. You can get overwhelmed. Um, you can make mistakes that aren't natural, and so I'm excited to see in game two how some of those reserves respond when they get another opportunity. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. Being coachable. Uh, a lot of people don't talk about that. So how coachable are you? I think that'll definitely take place uh, this upcoming Saturday and we'll see, you know, who makes another step in their career. Corso. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to see the response. I want to see some of the starters play. I'm really looking forward to seeing Michael Pierce out on the field and what he's able to do, not only as a run stopper, but as a pass rusher, which he's shown in training camp practices so far. So uh, really excited to see to see some of those guys who haven't worn the purple and gold out on the field. And, and I think Michael Pierce is definitely the player that I'll be watching uh, on Saturday. Tatum. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm, I haven't really done my research exactly on who the Colts are playing. As you know, in this game, but I will say that I'm excited to see 
uh, these ones going against each other. Because obviously this is the second preseason game. It'll be treated, from what we've heard from coaches, very similarly to the third preseason game in the past. So seeing the starters in there and going up against the Colts starters, I think is great because we did get to see a lot of those Broncos ones and twos against the depth of, of the Vikings. And so... I want to see that all over again, but with starters. So, you know, for me, I almost felt like um, the Broncos did us a favor last week by letting us play our young guys and experienced guys against some of their top guys. So um, I want to see that kind of all over again this week. That's a good thing for us, right, where our starters are pretty much set in stone and the Denver Broncos, they're, they're still trying to figure things out. So similar to what you said I wouldn't say they did us a favor but more so they gave us an opportunity to to take another step for for these young guys to take another step in their career uh, versus last year or any other year uh, that we've had where we had a lot of question marks or on either the offense or defensive side of the ball so 7 7 p.m this upcoming Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium um, I'm expecting more of the Purple Faithful to be out there Um, I'm excited last week was my first home well Tatum's first home game also uh, here with the Minnesota Vikings with at least um, game action from us and, and another team. So hopefully there's more fans this week. We'll be there. We'll have coverage for you. And stay tuned to Vikings.com for the most up-to-date coverage and highlights on the team. And last but not least, Vikings fans, you will see, well, walking into the stadium this upcoming Saturday, you will see some vaccination pop-up shops. And as part of the Stay Safe Minnesota efforts, the Minnesota Vikings are partnering up with the state of Minnesota for another walk-up vaccination event this upcoming Saturday, August 21st. So do not be surprised if you see it. Everyone do their part in keeping this world safe. Um, that's all we can say. That's all we can do. But in the meantime, bring your voices, bring your purple, and bring that energy. We'll see you next week on episode 108 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Skull.